Hey homies, it's Michelle Bennett, graphic designer, turn marketer, turn interior decorator, and apparently now podcast host. That's right, peeps. I selfishly started a podcast so that I would have an excuse to pick the brains of designers, decorators, and industry experts so that I can get to the next level. And the best part is you guys are coming with me. This is literally take three, but I'm here today with Ashley of Ashley Ool Consulting, and she helps interior designers provide high-end service experience. Hi, how are you? Thank you for being here. Sure. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So uh, Ashley had to help me figure out. I I felt like I was saying it wrong, but I, I ended up saying it right. But why don't you first start? So first of all, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I... I didn't even have to think twice when you sent me um, a little blurb. So first of all, I'm at the point, guys, where people are actually reaching out to me, which is a very exciting time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when, you, when you gave me an overview of what you do and some topics that you wanted to talk about, I was like, oh my God, yes, I want to talk to you so bad. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your backstory and what you do for interior designers? Sure. So for the backstory, like kind of how we got to this point. Yeah, maybe a little bit of like where you're from, maybe a little bit more personal stuff. I mean, not weird personal stuff, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) So um, really, service, I've had a love for it ever since I was a kid. Um, I traveled a lot internationally and was able to visit a lot of wonderful places and watching the service and hospitality hospitality that I would visit in the restaurants and the hotels and watching the ingenious things that they would do was just something that never left me. I mean, I can run through this list of things right now that I just couldn't believe that it was something so small, but it meant so much. One of my favorite stories is um, we had, I had lived in Egypt for a year And it was the day that I was leaving. We were staying at the Four Seasons Hotel and had to get up at four to get our flight out. And we had, um, I'm forgetting what the name of, like, you know, they call you to a wake up call. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Wake up call. Right. Which, you know, that existed back then, right? Like 12 years ago. And we had missed it, but we were awake. The manager himself from the lobby came up at four o'clock in the morning and knocked on our door to make sure we were awake. Yeah, that's amazing. Right? So it, it's like taking responsibility for something. And it just could have been like, we did our duty. We called them. And, and that could be where it ends, right? But they took it upon themselves to go that extra mile and make sure we were awake so we didn't miss our flight. So it's a million of those little things that I saw over and over and over again, taking personal care and taking responsibility for other people's problems and trying to do your best to make sure that they're solved. And so that kind of evolved and reading more and more books about customer service. One of my absolute favorites is um, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. Okay. And so I actually ended up, I loved it so much. I worked there for a while. Um, where, and learned where, sorry, at Dale Carnegie. Oh, wow. So it's actually a training company that teaches people all about human relations, speaking leadership. So I got more information there about how to prevent conflicts between a business and a client between oh employees, God. between Yeah. And so just kind of over and over again, I had all of these service opportunities and 
once what happened with turning it into design is when I purchased our first home, I started to design it and fell in love with the design and had not really been a thing that I had done before and started to work with friends and family and they started to refer me. But as I started to get more into it, I realized, okay, designing for other people isn't actually what I want to do, right? I love design. I love to understand it and I love to implement it into our own home, but doing it for other people isn't my thing. And it was actually my husband who suggested, wait a second, why don't you combine the two? Teach designers how to provide amazing client service. And and that's how this whole thing started. So thanks to my husband, this is here we are. (laughs) That's amazing. That is so genius. I love it so much. Yeah. So, um, So how long have you been doing this for now? So this has been about two years in the process. It took a lot of time figuring out, okay, so what does this even mean, right? Yeah. How am I going to help designers do this? How am I going to sell this to the designers? And I had to work through a number of different plans and how I teach them, right? At first, it was like a long document. And my husband is like, Ashley, I love how much detail you give, but it might be overwhelming to other people. Is there something that you could do? And so another love I have is checklists. So I took a long, long document and then paired it with a checklist. And then that became, okay, now you have priorities of these are all the things that you need to do. Yes. But now we've got it a two page document and it tells you where you need to start, where you need to go next and where you need to end, because these are your top priorities. These are your next. And then these are really something that maybe a a year, even down the road, you can start working on these things. Okay, so I love all that. And I want to circle back to that maybe after we um, kind of get down to some nitty gritty stuff. Yeah. I'd love for you to share with us how, you know, what that process looks like a little bit with designers. But before we get into that, um, you already answered my first question. So I would love it if, could you, I mean, I know, and we probably all kind of have our own definition of what the client experience is and the service experience is, but can you maybe in your own words and how you view it, tell us what that means to you? Sure. So it's kind of a combination and there are a couple of different phrases. So we do have client service, right? And then also like client experience management. That's kind of like the corporate term. Um, which means, and and it really is more of what what, what I do. Client service is just more relatable to people. So that's why I use that term. Um, It's managing the very first time someone interacts with your business, which may not even be with you. It may be online, right? In your social media, on your website. So the very first time they interact with you, all the way to the very end and every single thing between that you're managing every single interaction you have, which sounds like a lot. And it is, I love it. It's so necessary. Right. And and the benefits from it are so big and it it really does make it better for everyone. And, And I think for some designers, it can become overwhelming because you think, Oh, I already do so much for them. This is just something extra that I have to do, but it really is a huge benefit to the designer as well. And that's not something that a lot of people talk about how much better, not just even profitable, but how much easier your interactions with your clients are going to be if you treat them well from the beginning and if you know how to manage them from that first moment. 
Okay. So when you reached out to me, I was very excited because I'm right now actually working with somebody to help me really identify my brand and kind of like what differentiates me. And the reason I even started, the reason that kind of came to be was because I had mapped out my client life cycle starting from first inquiry. So this is very like, topical for me. So that's why I was so excited to talk to you. But, um, but it is, it is so overwhelming. And, um, so you kind of already answered one of the questions I had, which was, you know, do, do you also refer to kind of the lead process as well? So what are some things that you, that you think designers could be doing better either on their website or early in the process in order to really start to, I build out kind of that experience. Sure. So one of the things that I've noticed, and I don't know if it's because it seems mysterious or cool, and I've especially noticed this on high-end designers, they don't list their services on their website. It's a lot of like clicking through this page and then that page and then this page. And we really don't want to do that. You know, a lot of luxury designers won't be hired through their website, right? They're going to be referred to somebody, but you are still going to check first, right? On somebody's website before you reach out to them. And so the easier, there's really like a pyramid, a three E's pyramid that I talk about that the very foundation of of spectacular client experiences, you will fulfill the essentials, right? What they ask you to do, you need to do that. And then the second one is make it easy, as easy as possible. So you don't want to spend or make your clients spend time searching through your website, finding out what your services are, what kind of experience you're going to be having with them. You want to make that very clear. And literally even say like one of the last people that I worked with, she has a beautiful studio. And I said, you want to tell them from the moment you walk into our gorgeous studio, You'll be greeted by so-and-so. And upon that, then they'll next guide you. Right. Tell a story, like tell the experience that somebody's going to have with you. So that's the first way you can build that experience. You can tell them what experience they'll have right on your website and what services you provide. All of that needs to be on your site. Okay. And so what you're saying is, because one of the questions I did have was, you know, the client experience normally happens when the, the relationship engages. So, you know how, but, but I think what you're saying is part of the client experience is actually navigating through the website because it doesn't happen to be like one-on-one interacting with that experience. Exactly. Right. Because from the customer's perspective, like the real definition of a client experience is the perception that a customer has when interacting with your company, right? And to the, to that customer, your website is your company. Yeah. Even if you don't think of it, you know, you're not interacting with them to them, you are interacting with them. So it's, they're already making judgments and having a perception of your company as soon as they interact with your Facebook page, your website, anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you talked a little bit earlier about how, well, okay. First of all, you talked about by improving your client experience, um, you know, the service experience, you can help with efficiency. Can you elaborate on that a little bit and, and kind of 
help further explain what it is specifically that we'd be doing and how that would result in the efficiency. Sure. So at first it is work, right? Like you're doing right now, you're writing steps through and finding out what it's like for them. So it is extra work at the beginning, but once you have that down, it becomes like a template. You already have your design process down, right? Everyone has their design process down. And so it helps you know this step comes next and then this step comes next. The same thing happens with the service plan. You're not answering a lot of extra questions from clients. You're not having to rewrite all of these extra emails. You know what's happening. You can have templates. I really recommend creating templates for each step, right? You spoke with them on the phone, have a template for after that initial call, you send that out and you just fill in the blanks. Here's when we're meeting. This is what we discussed for you to prepare, how to best prepare. This is the time. And I'm going to get in contact with you again to remind you two days before, right? So you have all of that written and then you just send that out for every client. And the same thing with your design presentation and your first meeting, all of these things, you write checklist of just, you go through these things one after the other, don't rely on your memory and you'll be able to kind of free yourself up to really connect with the client because you're not having to worry about, oh no, did I say this? Did I forget this? What about this, right? And so it just becomes a streamlined process that helps you become more efficient and clients aren't going to be badgering you saying, what's happening next? How's the project going? Because you're showing them from the very first moment, I'm in control, I know what's going on, you don't have to worry about anything. And so they trust you. But once clients start to see that you're not in control, some of them will come in and start to try and take control from you. Yeah, I've been there. Yes. (laughs) It's not a pretty place. Exactly. Right. And so the more streamlined, the more able you are to manage your process, the more willing they are to let you manage that process. Okay. And when you talk about the checklists, are you, what does that look like exactly? I mean, this is a very like, this is how my brain works. I get a little bit, a little too rooted in the details. So when you say checklists, are you providing, or do you have kind of a set of, okay, here's some standard checklists that a lot, like that would work for most design firms, but then we're going to tweak it a little bit to you. Or is it like, let's talk about your design firm. Oh, sorry. Getting a little feedback. That's okay. Yeah, Sorry about that. I think I was getting feedback. Oh, okay. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, would you would you basically be identifying what the designer's process looks like, and then the output of that is the checklist after you better understand, or it's them implementing checklists that exist? It's a little bit of both. So I have my own checklist. I have a priority checklist, right, to make sure that they are fulfilling this, 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 and this, right? That I know these are the most important things. But I also understand, ask a lot of questions about what is your design process? Of course, I have to work around you. And so I, it's kind of a melding of both, making sure that I work around their process, but they also know what actually their top priorities should be in terms of implementation of my recommendations. Okay. And you know what? I look like I'm not paying attention right now, but I assure you I am. I'm actually looking for something that I want to reference, but I also don't know if I'll be able to, but okay. So is there such thing as when I I was talking about earlier, how I started mapping out my client process and what I did was I said, okay, well, why don't I think about a client life cycle and 
and what that looks like. So for me, my client life cycle is you're probably, you're a lead, then you become a discovery call, then you're a consultation, then you're a proposal, a service proposal, then you go into phase one, phase two, phase three. Yeah. And then so I have started to like map out all of the communication that I feel like needs to happen because I want to automate all that where I can. But then I start to go like, is this over? Is this too much? Like it's starting to feel like a whole lot of stuff coming at them. And then are they going to feel like they have to read too many things? What, what is your thought on that? So, okay. First of all, bravo to you, because that is not something that happens a lot. So that is excellent that you're already in the process of that. And the second thing is I, for things when you're kind of going along, like at the very beginning, right before you're in the ordering stage, I would, when you're on a phone call, you can just send an email with a reminder of what you said and the reminder for the next date, right? That you're going to meet. And then maybe you check in with them two days before. And then you kind of go along with that, right? So you're saying a follow-up and then a reminder. Okay. And then when you have a meeting, you let them know, this is when we're going to meet next and this is what we're going to cover. So you want to kind of go along with those little like reminders, confirmations along the way, but it's not overwhelming. But once you get to the ordering process, this is really when... Now, you could, of course, start from the very beginning with this, but especially during the ordering process, what and I sorry, recommend... Just to confirm, when you say ordering, you mean like ordering of furniture or specifications? Exactly. Okay. Right. Yeah. So once they've approved the design and everything is set and you're going to order, it becomes this... Now you're really busy and they have nothing to do, right? And they're just waiting and thinking and start to agonize and start to, uh, I'm scared, I'm nervous, right? And they haven't heard from a while, from you in a while. And so... I like to recommend at the, when they've approved everything, you ask them, how often would you like me to contact you to update on the progress? And then you give them two choices. So it's like a toddler. This is what I do with my son, right? Two things that you can live with. Would you like an update once a month, once every other month? You know, just depending, of course, on how long the project will be. You do something that you can live with and you give them two choices. And then you make sure to follow up with that. Immediately go back and set up all the reminders in Outlook or whatever system you use so you're not having to remember, oh, shoot, right? But that's some people don't want to be contacted and they'll let you know. And they may say, oh, all of that is just too much. Just, you know, maybe halfway through, let me know how things are going. Some people want to be contacted constantly, and that's not realistic for you, right? So that's why you give them that framework of these are your choices. Right. No, I really like that, actually. I think I'm going to add that to my process because that's definitely not something that I do right now. So what about, um, how would you say that the great client experience, because one of the topics you talked about was how to make a great client experience help you um, kind of differentiate yourself from your competitors. So How do you, can you help me understand how that is going to be shown maybe specifically just on my website in a way that really helps differentiate me as opposed to maybe, you know, if I'm trying to kind of attract a client before they've even become a client. Sure. Sure. So yes. Um, on your website, it's talking about, right. That you understand that this is a stressful process 
that it's an investment, that they've taken a lot of time to consider this, and you understand all of the stresses and the frustrations that come with it, and you are there to guide them through this, to lessen the amount of stress, to take care of any of the the challenges and, and a lot of times the errors and mistakes that can happen, right? Just because you're working with so many vendors and so many different tradespeople, you're managing all of that for them. So describe how easily it is to work with you and that you are there to make it an experience for them. That's enjoyable, right? That's not, uh, and all of the designers that I've looked at, it's not so much a focus, right? It is about like, of course, they're a designer. So they're focusing on, I'm here to make your dreams come true. I'm here to help you make a room that you couldn't make on your own. And yes, that is your purpose, but you're also there to make it an experience for them. And that's what's going to be just as memorable as the end room. So you have to walk them through the experience as much as possible about like, you know, if you have a studio, what it's going to be like as you walk in, you want to describe this like it is a story that they can see themselves enjoying. Okay. I like that. And what about, um, so we talked a lot about, you know, making sure that you have checklists and you have, you know, you want to make sure you're doing the communications in a way that makes sense. Is one of your focuses also things like, how to kind of surprise a client with something like I, I used to send and I haven't because I ran out of them, like a thank you card after they signed my proposal um, is part of the process of working with you, helping identify ways that are less about just great process and more about like, Oh my God, like I just love that. I got flowers. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up right now, but right. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. So to surprise people and to personalize it is definitely a huge part. So a service experience is kind of this constant back and forth between process and surprising, right? And making those surprises personalized as much as possible. Now, I would say, though, that it's really more 80% process, 20% surprise, because you're not always going to have the opportunity to surprise them with something that's going to be like when you reveal or later on after you've stopped the project and you actually check back in with them, you know, that's a very small part of the overall process with you. You can't spend all your money, like constantly sending them (laughs) gifts. Right. Um, But it is definitely a part of it because like the things that I remember are another one was, Um, When I was in India, my little sister and I got just gravely ill and were contacted the hotel. They brought in a doctor and the next day he had basically kind of revived us and we were able to walk around. And before we had come out though, we had gotten a bouquet of flowers from the hotel with the employees writing, we hope you feel better soon. And then they signed it. And then as we walked out, the employees who we didn't even know said like, Ashley, Brittany, are you feeling better? And so it was like, oh my gosh, first of all, how do you know my name? Which was like kind of a weird thing and an exciting thing all at the same time, right? Uh, but it was awesome. kind of so thoughtful, you know? So that's what, yeah, being thoughtful is definitely those things that, like you said, you think, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. And it, it really helps people know that you are thinking of them and you understand that they're a unique person 
And when you make somebody feel that way, make them feel appreciated, they really do remember you and form a bond with you in a way that when you do just have great process, you might not be getting all of that. So it's this combination between the two, between a process that you can use for almost anyone and then that 20% is that specialized, personalized, unique service that's meant just for them. Okay, I really like that. And I think I need to make a more concerted effort to do it. Because I will say, that is a high, like in my mind, <laughs> it's a real priority. And it's something I want to do, especially because I do, I've been saying all year, I want to attract like a higher paying client. Right. And I think they're spending so much money that you want to give them some sort of warm fuzzy, you know, because it's, it's hard, you know, they're handing over sometimes like before you've even started in like with my process, they're handing over 70% of my phase one fees to me before they've even seen a single like side table. Right. (laughs) It's a lot of trust. I mean, sometimes I'm fascinated that people do that. Right. Right. I do think it would be really important to be able to give them the warm fuzzies and the, and it helps build trust and, Right. To be honest, like I really feel like, you know, sometimes they might even be more willing, not that I'm saying this should be a thing, but, you know, if you show them like a great personality and a great experience in a way that maybe isn't even always about the process, sometimes they're more willing to overlook when things go wrong, which are inevitably going to happen. Oh, yes, absolutely. Right. Because we are. I always say this most, right? There's always going to be those difficult people that there's just nothing you can do to make them happy, right? But most people, yes, are forgiving, right? If you've done a good job from the beginning and then something happens, they are willing to forgive you. And yes, these like the special moments really help to forge that bond and that connection between you and the client. And they are more willing to just say, I understand, you know? And so some of the things that I recommend at the beginning when you may not know them as well, are just making sure like if, if you are going to them and you don't have a, a home office, just if it's a morning, bring some coffee. So just, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be anything over the top. It can just be, be black coffee and some pastries. But I would even say maybe don't go to Starbucks to pick up your pastries. Try and have a local bakery that has French pastries, right? Something that's special. You don't want it to be grocery store. You don't want it to be something typical. You always want to be showing them, I'm going the extra mile for you. I'm making an extra effort. I love that. Yeah. And so it's just these little small things, but as you go along, they will drop more things. And especially if in your home, you're in their home, you're going to notice these seem to be their hobbies, their interests, they travel a lot. And so you make mental notes. I literally write all throughout the year ideas for gifts for my family throughout the entire year, because people will tell you, right, the things that are on their mind, but we don't take the time to write it down until you forget. And then it's somebody's birthday in five days and you go, uh, here's a gift card. (laughs) Right. So you have to just make that effort to notice and to listen when they're talking. These are the things that they're interested in. And you start incorporating that into your design, of course, and into the, the moments when you have like the project is going on a long time and they're waiting and you know that let's say I live in St. Louis. So 
it's the Cardinals. They're the big thing here. That's the baseball team. And you have an opportunity to arrange for maybe a tour. Mm-hmm. And so you ask them, Hey, I'm putting together a tour. Would you like to go? Right. It helps to kind of shorten that time period where they're waiting and maybe oh. getting frustrated. It, you know, you contact them and have that connection with them. And it's also something personalized. Maybe you didn't even talk about it, but you saw a lot of Cardinals memorabilia and you recognize that and you reach out to them and they're, whoa, they're really paying attention to me. And who doesn't love that, right? That somebody pays attention to me. Everybody loves to feel that. Oh my God, that's so good. I am, yeah, no, that, I'm actually <laughs> going to, so the coffee thing I used to try to do, um, yeah. but I might even just roll, what I do now, one thing I do, which I feel clients appreciate is I do ask them when their birthday is and I will send a personalized email and yes. to make it easy on myself. I just have a spreadsheet and I, I use um, a program called mail Butler that allows me to schedule it out. So at the beginning of every month, I'll just wet, whip up an email, nothing crazy. And it's a lot of the times it's old clients that are sometimes just triggered. Yes. I won't, I don't always email clients that I never, ever, ever, like I didn't enjoy the experience and oh, I don't yeah. want to necessarily ever work right. with them again. Right. And I, yes. I have many of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I really like that. And then I think what I might do is also add like, you know, what kind of coffee. And then I can always just show up with a coffee, have it in my files so that I can always, if I'm exactly. coming by, here's a coffee. I really like that. Right, right. And you can, on that first time, you can either ask them beforehand, before you meet that first time, or bring just, you know, black coffee for you and them. And if they don't like it, then, oh, what would you like for next time, right? Or you could even bring, like, a small little, and make everything look pretty, right? Especially because we're in the design field, everything should always look pretty. could bring, like, a small little box a little like metal canister with teas specialty teas and say Mm -hmm. you know if you would like if you don't want the coffee I also have specialty teas so just these little things that are like I know what I'm doing basically like when you have a service plan you're always telling the customer I know what I'm doing I love it (laughs) I work with that one thing I just have to be better at is um Cause I feel like sometimes we, well, me anyway, I can, I'm speaking for myself. You just get so like, Oh my God, I have so many things to do. And you're just like on autopilot of, I got to do this. And I got to do that. I go to your house to measure. And, and now I think I just need to, it's kind of like almost like mindfulness, but mindfulness right. with a client where you are really stopping for a second to take it in, even though we should, I should be doing that better anyway, all the time, <laughs> take it in and really kind of know you know, the coffee cup that's sitting on their, you know, island or I don't know. I love the idea of like, if someone had said to me, maybe they were sick or something, then you could send flowers, like get better or, you know, their mother passes away. I mean, I would do that anyway, but, um, but yeah, one thing that did happen, which I'm really excited about, but I haven't, I'm going to show you. So this little thing, Uh a client of mine, this is a client from like, seven months ago, I did, I had this little piece with it. It wasn't framed that I was going to try to just find a frame for retail to put it in there. And I never did. And it was sitting in a file and I came across it one day and I was like, Oh my God. And I've been working with a new framer. Who's like 
a great framer, like affordable, like just so easy to work with. And I go there all the time. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get it framed for them. And I'm just going to mail it to them in a nice little package and be like, hey, I, came, I found this and I got a frame for you. And just as a gift. Right. Because they've also been such great people who have like referred me when I was very early in my business. So I'm really excited. But now it's just sitting here for the last two weeks because I got to do it. <laughs> right. Right. And that will be so wonderful. And I have to say gift wrap it. Right. And even if you could take it to like, I don't know if you, you're in Canada, right? I don't know if they have a papyrus. Do you have that store there? No, we don't. We sell that brand. Maybe we do. I don't know. I've never seen one. So, or even a Hallmark just to have it, unless you're really good at wrapping, right. To have something professionally wrapped is that extra level that like, Oh my gosh, she found this, she framed it for me. And now it's beautifully wrapped because again, as a designer, everything should always be beautiful. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And okay, here's a question for you. Should I just hold on to it till Christmas or just send it to them now? Um, I think either way is totally fine. Yeah, I don't no, think I, that... I, go ahead. I was going to say, kind of like sending it now because it's not feeling more forced. As it, it was kind of just like, I did this. I didn't do this out of obligation because it's Christmas. I did right. it. I just did right. It. Out of the goodness of my heart. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> right. Okay, I have a few more questions for you. Um mm-hmm. Okay. So you talked a little bit, and then now this is not exactly the same topic, but you yeah. talked a little bit about ways to prevent conflict with clients. From, yes. Can we talk a lot about that a little bit more? <laughs> yes. Yes. So a lot of conflict comes from not having the same expectations of what the experience is going to be like from the beginning. And I looked at your website and you're already doing a wonderful job of preparing people for what to expect when they work with you. And you don't want to just leave that up to chance, right? You want people to know this is my process. And if this doesn't work for you, unfortunately, maybe this isn't going to work out. I'm going to recommend you to another designer if possible that will work with you, you know, in the way that you want to. But you, you really do want to let people know, like even from the screening call, this is my process. These are the budgets that I work with. This is the timeline that you need to expect right from the beginning. You're showing them if you can't work with this, maybe this is just not the right fit. And so they're already knowing what they're signing up for. There aren't going to be surprises. And also I saw on your website, you talk about, you have to expect that things are going to go wrong. There's just so many variables that it's going to happen. And that's absolutely crucial that you have that discussion with people, even though you want to just cross your fingers and say, maybe nothing will go wrong. And then have to talk about it. Right. You, You don't want to do that. You want to take things head on and just say it can happen. I, but don't worry. I know how to handle it. It's happened in the past. There's a lot of things that are out of my control, but here's what I can do to minimize this. And, and so you're just having that frank discussion before anything does happen. So if it does happen, yay, I already had this discussion with you. It's a lot easier now. Or, ah, wow, this was amazing. Nothing happened. And they don't even have to think about it. But that's one thing, right? You're putting, they're laying the groundwork for what they can expect for timelines, setbacks, all of these things that could cause frustrations. And then the other thing is when you do have a problem that comes up, you don't want to come out swinging. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Which is our natural tendency. You just want to defend yourself. Even if you're not coming out swinging, you are coming out defending yourself and you don't want to do that because if you start defending yourself, then they're just going to come and attack you more. Mm-hmm. But if you just say, I'm very sorry that this happened, even if it's not your fault, which I know is hard for a lot of people to, okay, well, it was the upholstery's fault, right? They sent something in neon green and it was supposed to be periwinkle and that's their fault. And now it backs everything else up. Well, it's still with you. So they're still blaming you no matter whose fault it really was, right? Yeah. So you're going to have to own it immediately. I'm sorry that this happened. I'm going to work as quickly as I can to fix it. And then you listen to them and just let them go because they may go on and on and on and on and on about how mad they are, about how they spent a lot of money with you and you don't say a thing, right? Because once you start interjecting, now it's a fight and you just have to let them, unfortunately, you have to let them just get it all out and then apologize again and say, I'm going to fix this. It may push things back and I really do apologize for it. And then you can start to circle back around and say, Unfortunately, that did happen, and now we know how I'm going to fix it. Let's talk about what's going really well with the project, right? And now you're in control again, and you're circling back to let's focus on the positive once they've started to calm down. Because when you don't give them anything to fight about, they don't yep. fight, right? Because yep. if, if you start to defend yourself, then they are going to attack you. But if you apologize, you take ownership, you say, I'm going to fix this, and then you let them have their time to get it all up, they'll just give up because... They're just screaming for a long time and there's nothing to fight within anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay. So basically, even if it feels slightly awkward on your end where you're just like zipping the lip, you just kind of like ride ride out that silence on your end until they just kind of probably feel a little bit stupid and then they stop. (laughs) I mean, really? Honestly, yes. Right? You have to kind of let them get to the point where they realize hey, maybe I'm kind of being a jerk now. I need to give her a break. And this actually, one in the, the book I mentioned, the How to Win Friends and Influence People, if you do that, sometimes people will end up even apologizing and say, you know, I'm really out of line here. I'm really sorry. I'm just frustrated. And then they can even say, you know, you've actually been doing a really great job and I shouldn't have taken all that out on you. And they start defending you to themselves, basically. And and so you're like, whoa, right? (laughs) You have to let them get to that point where they kind of go through this process of anger and then they calm themselves down. And then if they're a normal, good person, they will say, okay, I'm sorry. Thank you for letting me get it out. It's tough, but let's move forward. You have done a good job. Right. I feel like the biggest hurdle there is going to be like how to remind yourself to, to stop. One thing I, I, I was doing for a little bit was the, um, um, I forget what it was calling it. I got it from a book and I can't remember what book it was, but it was about, you know, after any meeting or call after it was done to -hmm. take time to reflect on like what you could have done better. Oh yes. Ideally. Um, because I think that I love that, but then I worry that in the moment, like all rational thought leaves your head and you're going to oh, forget. Yeah. It's kind of like one of the things I have been telling myself is like, anytime somebody asks me something, client specifically, I don't care what it is, just say I'm going to get back to you. 
when you can freaking sit and think. Because sometimes we just, well, I will just respond in the moment because I'm such a freaking people pleaser that I'm like, totally, I'll come stay at your house, you know, (laughs) like whatever. So, which that did happen and it was actually fine because it was two hours away. But at the time, I just didn't know how to say no. God <laughs> help me if they, I can't imagine they are ever going to listen to this. Don't worry. I'm like, if a client's listening to this, then they probably don't have a lot of, they have some, like they need to, to get a hobby. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, but we're like scope creep, right? Yeah, I'm going to do that. No, you know what? Let me just take that and I'm going to get back to you. (laughs) Absolutely. Especially when a mistake does happen. Yeah. I really do recommend that, right? I, if you can give them like a temporary fix. So especially if something's an emergency, like, you know, you were making a room for somebody or for a kid that's coming back from college, something happened. You do what you can temporarily to like meet that requirement like that. First, that first bottom on the pyramid that I was talking about that fulfill the essentials. Oh, they need a dresser and the dresser is what's being held back. I'm going to put in a temporary fix and then I'm going to think about it. Right. So you do that. Like this isn't the long term, but I've got to figure out what else I can do. So absolutely like telling them I'm going to get back to you, but you also need to tell them when, and then you make sure to do that in that time frame. Because if you just say, I'm going to get back to you, then they can be like, okay. And then they, then you leave and then they're like, wait a minute, how long? Right. So you want to give them a time frame because if it takes like a week and they haven't heard any updates, then they can start to circle back around and get angry again. Yes. If you told them it's going to take me a week to figure this out, then they're okay. Yeah. You're setting that expectation. You're always wanting to set, this is your expectation. And then they say, oh, okay, that's fine because I know. Yeah. And And so you can kind of keep them in check. That is a big thing too, is, um, I really do try to, like, if I say I'm going to do something, you know, do it. Right. Even if we brought it up once, like I never, you know, it's always like there, I'm going to do it. And I do need to be better at, um, making sure that I communicate to a client before they ask me about something like that's something that's really important to me that I really want to start being better at. Yeah. When you talk about managing client expectations, do you feel, okay, so right now I put together this document and I know that right now it's not ideal what I'm doing, but it's kind of like the, here's some things you should know before we get started. Like the whole things are going to go wrong. Um, You know, sometimes paint doesn't, isn't what we expect. And that's why we do samples um also though like we're not texting we don't do that oh yes because that's I can't and I, that's just like a hard no for me now oh, also, absolutely. like I don't work on weekends you know if it's a weekend and you've emailed me I'm going to email you on Monday and it's not it's weird because I don't love I don't love the document but I it's like a love hate I have with it right now I've been sending it basically after the contract's been signed and I don't gotcha slash after the first payment's been accepted yeah and and it's kind of in my welcome email but to me it's like more rules and it doesn't feel like a warm fuzzy thing to send but I'm not really sure when the appropriate place to send that is or go over it but um but is is that kind of what you mean as far as like is it uh you start that at the very beginning of the process yes in your like expertise like 
when should I send a document like that? Sure. So first of all, again, good for you for that, because yes, you need to let them know how to treat you. Right. And you just have to kind of set all that up because especially as businesses start to become accessible all the time, they start to lump small business and corporations together. You're a business. I'm giving you my money. Therefore, I expect you to be at my disposal 24-7. Well, that's just not reasonable for a solopreneur or somebody who has an assistant and it's just, you know, the, the designer and the assistant. That's not fair. So absolutely. I think one thing I actually wrote a, a blog post about this is you absolutely do need office hours, right? Even if you don't have an office, right? If you work from home, you still need office hours. And I totally agree with putting all of this on a document. And I think that it's best to give it to them right out of the gate because they need to know, am I willing to sign up for this or not? Do I want somebody who's coming on the weekends or not? And if they've already given you money and then you send it, it could feel like, ah, wait a second, isn't what I expected. Right. You know what it is? I think I just need to tack it on to the, like, it's kind of like my contract right now has the like hard stuff, but maybe this is just like the more like how we conduct or, you know, like how we interact, you know? So I think I need to add it to my contract and I think that's the most suitable and you're right because they do need to know whether or not I accept that before you say, let's okay. Plus it's like, you just signed a contract and I make them sign it like digitally. Yeah, sure. But it's like, well, I just signed a contract. Now I'm starting this relationship. And I haven't felt great about that. And I know it's not like the ideal way to do it. So yeah. I'm just going to merge the two. Right. And one thing that you may also want to do is always talk in terms of the other person's interest. And you can say, even if you pull it out of the contract and make it a separate document, these are the easiest ways that we can work together, right? And Or here's the, the way that you can get the most out of this process. And so you title it something like that. So they are already reading it as, oh, these are things that are going to benefit me, not the designer. Even though it is benefiting you as a designer, you need to put that in their mind. Oh, it's easiest for me to contact her by email or phone. And her office hours are this, this, and this. And so you are telling them, I don't expect you to be calling on Saturday because I'm not going to answer it. But they're reading that as, oh, it's now I know. And it's easier for me because of course it is easier for a client to know when you're available, right? I need to know when Domino's is open, right? And so that does make it easier for me as the client. So just spin it towards, this is the easiest way for you to work with us. Yeah. This is how you can get the most out of working with us and just... You, you stayed like that and just, I wouldn't, you, some things you don't have to address. Like we don't text because it, it can come across as harsh when you say, we don't do this. We don't do this. We don't well, do I don't this. say it like that for the record. I promise. But no, yeah, I know. It does feel harsh, doesn't it? It does. Right. So what I say is talk about all the do's. We are mm-hmm. contacted by email or by phone during these hours. Yeah. Right. And so these are the ways, these are the things that you can do and you should do, not the don'ts, because then it's awkward and and yeah, harsh. I went to this um, Korean restaurant. We love Korean food, this Korean barbecue restaurant. And it was like an all you can eat 
And it had a list of like 10 things that we couldn't do. And it was like, okay, well, this is not fun, right? Like you're already telling me. And now I want to do them. You, (laughs) right, right. And we had already been, we had this other favorite Korean barbecue that was a total hole in the wall. And then this was like a nice new one, but it made us want to go back to the hole in the wall because we didn't have all of these rules. We understood them naturally. And sometimes you just don't have to tell people. They understand that your business just does this, right? We knew at the other Korean restaurant, you can't reorder certain sides, but you can reorder these. That was just something that people knew but you don't have to list all of these don't, 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 because it's just not a friendly way to do business. And it puts people off on this. I, maybe I don't want to work with this person because they're telling me how I have to work when I'm giving them a lot of money, right? Because now I'm regretting. I'm such a regret. No, it's what you're doing is right. You just want to change how you spin it. Yes. It's for their benefit, not for yours, even though it is your benefit. Totally. (laughs) And you know what? You said good job, but I'm going to tell you right now for like two years, it was not a good job. And the reason that exists now is because of like, it's, it's like any, I don't, I'm sure so many designers can, can relate to this, but you, you implement certain processes and you become very passionate about certain processes when when the problems happen, right? Right. Like people in the Facebook groups or, you know, the designers can tell you to the blue in the face, like, you got to charge enough or you got to use a receiver or you got to do this. And, and you're like, I know, but, but until it like totally kicks you in the butt, you right. don't feel that passion for that process. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. You learn from your mistakes, unfortunately. Yeah. A lot of times, but yeah, I I think what you are doing is great. You just want to change how you spin it and that's it. Totally. Okay. I would love if you could share with us, you know, why don't you tell everybody how the different ways that they can work with you and what that might look like? Yes, absolutely. So right now, what I offer is a service plan that people will fill out a questionnaire. As soon as they make a purchase, they'll get a link to a questionnaire and then it allows them, it takes about 20 minutes to fill out everything that they want to tell me about their goals, their challenges, their design process, what they wish was happening with their clients, what they're proud of that's already happening with their clients. And then once I get this document, I scour it. I scour the internet for hours and hours and hours, understanding more about what their clients are saying about them, what their own website is saying, what their social media is saying. Is it all consistent? How easy is that experience and enjoyable is that experience from that, right? All the online stuff all the way to this process. And I find the little holes that are happening, the issues that they're saying are happening. And then I match it up with their process and say, okay, here's where some of the processes are going wrong. Here's where some of the problems are happening. Or maybe it's not even that they aren't having a lot of problems, but they just feel like they're not connecting as well with a client as much as they want to. They want more of the surprise moments. They want more referrals. Things are just kind of okay, but they don't want them to just be okay, right? And so I create that long document, but then also pair it with that checklist that says, here's what you need to focus on right now. And then once they get that, then they also have the option to have 
follow-ups. So you can work with me for an extra one month, three months, or six months so I can continually check back in with you and say, how is it going? Let's just take this portion of your plan and you focus on this. And then we're going to circle back around and then we're going to work on that again and see how that went and then give you three more focuses from your checklist. And then for the three months and six months, they also have the opportunity when something new happens after they've gotten their plan, they have a specific client issue, they can reach out to me and say, what do I do? They're really mad. This happened. How do I handle this? And I'll give you advice on those issues that happened after the plan. I love it. And is there, I really, I love to listen I say listen because I don't like to read the books. Is there any other books you'd recommend that's specific to this topic or anything just business-wise that you would highly recommend book-wise? Yes. So there's, of course, the, the one I already mentioned, the How to Win Friends and Influence People. Then the one that I recently read and absolutely loved, Back to the Checklist, it's called The Checklist Manifesto. Ooh. It is incredible. It's written by a surgeon. His name is Atul Gawande. And he has gone through why checklists, although seeming very kind of like menial and below a lot of people, are completely revolutionary and literally save people's lives. So I'm interrupting your regularly scheduled programming to tell you that I had some technical difficulties with my headset and so I had to remove it. And let's be real, my voice gets a little weird sounding. Uh, so just hopefully bear with it. It's oh, The episode's almost over, uh, but I promise it's worth it. The other one that I'm reading right now is called Who? And it's all I love about... I've never heard of these two, but I heard of the first one, but yeah, I love hearing about books I've never heard of. Okay. Yeah. So um, that one is a little hard to find because the word is just who when you google that like a million things are coming back right so jeff smart it's g-e-o-f-f smart okay and he talks about hiring which is also a huge thing right Mm -hmm. and if you aren't hiring from the beginning the right person it's really going to be a struggle for you and your business because especially as you get bigger and more successful that assistant or other designer is going to be interacting with your clients a lot. They represent you. And if that goes wrong, then your business could really go wrong. So that talks about how from the beginning you have a checklist on how to hire the right people and what you need to go through. And don't let it just be such a gut instinct because those gut instincts are oftentimes just, do I like them? Yeah. And you may like them, but you may not like to work with them. And it keeps you from making those types of mistakes. Okay. So seriously, I feel like it's so, it's so funny how certain people come into your life and they just give you these nuggets. Like this is so very relevant to me right now because I, I've been working with an assistant and I do think I need to be hiring. Um, and I just love me a checklist. So I'm totally down with that. Do you <laughs> listen to podcasts? Say that again. Do you listen to podcasts? I do. I I do here and there. There's always so many, like I am an information hog, right? So I'm like, I'm always balancing between a book and a podcast and a blog and all of these different things. So it's one of my avenues of just learning more. Okay. So is there any podcasts that you'd recommend? Yes. So most likely people already know like Lewin Nigera, sorry, well-designed business. And then um, the Business of Design podcast. 
And those are really the, the two, and of course yours. Always. No shucks. That I would really, that I do listen to on a regular basis. Because those the ones, the podcasts are really all, for some reason, I do the designer podcast, but the books that I read are more about business. I don't listen to so many just general business podcasts. Okay. Well, honestly, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I hope my audio is not going to record so terribly at the end of this, but I so appreciate you reaching out and taking the time. Why don't you tell everybody where to find you? Sorry, I cut you off here. Oh, no, go right. Actually, what you said is going to lead right into it. So yes, I'm at Ashley Uhl Consulting. So it's A-S-H-L-E-Y-U-H-L consulting.com. And I do actually, for your listeners, have a promo code so that they can have $50 off a consultation. It's the business homies. My first promo code. Yes. (laughs) What a great day. I'm so excited. So what do they do to do that? They basically would click. I was on your website earlier. You would click on, um, what, what do they do? So, yes. So you scroll down and I have a couple of different options on, right, if you're going to sign up for just the consultation or if you want the extra assistance, you just click whichever one you want and then it will pull up all of your credit card information and off to the right, it will say apply your discount. And that's where you'll put in the business homies discount code and just press apply. and It'll go. I love that you just said business homies. It's my favorite. Um, And sorry, tell us again what the code is. Yes, it's just business homies is the code. Uh, I can remember that. Thank you so very much. So the whole time we were talking, I was drinking a glass of wine, and I never said anything. But I, I normally warn Cly- or warn uh, my guests that I'm probably going to be drinking wine. I should have told you to have some too. But anyways, cheers. Cheers to you. <laughs> Thank you so much, and have an awesome weekend. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right, guys, I'm here today with Ashley from Ashley Uhl Consulting. And what she does is she helps interior designers provide high-end service. Sorry, high-end. Okay, we're going to redo that. Start okay. over. <laughs> okay, high-end. Okay. Um, okay, clients. Okay, I missed a word there. Okay. All right, guys, I'm here today with Ashley of Ashley Uhl Consulting, and she helps interior designers provide high-end client experience. No, that's not right either, is it? How would you say that you provide high, help provide high-end, I wrote service experience. Is that right? Yes, that is right, yes. Yeah, so okay. it's a service experience. Which is what I want. 